Welcome to A New Testament Journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 4 Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. 
he cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I don't know about you, but one of my big three temptations has never been to jump off the top of a building to force God to catch me. What is going on here? Jesus' temptations only make sense when we realise that the wilderness is where Jesus confronts Satan over the destiny of the earth. Jesus goes into the wilderness a bit like David goes to Goliath, mano a mano, to fight for the land. Jesus has, just like David, been anointed as king and has, just like Israel, been commissioned to release salvation to every family across the earth. This brings Jesus into unresolvable conflict with Earth's current landlord, Satan. Satan uses three tactics to try to avoid the battle he knows he can't win. The first tactic Satan uses is to try to convince Jesus that there isn't a battle to fight at all. Forget this fasting, Lark. Just tuck into some food and enjoy the fruit of the Earth. Jesus bats that away by quoting from Deuteronomy. God's people have a mission to follow, and if it takes some pain, let it be so. In the second temptation, Satan pushes Jesus to agree to a win-win truce. Jesus gets most of what he wants, as long as Satan gets to stay in post. Again, Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy. God must be the only king of this earth. No power-sharing deal can even be considered. And then we get to this weird temple temptation. Perhaps the most subtle temptation of all is for us to fight the battle against Satan, but to do it our own way. If the devil can tempt Jesus to jump from the top of the temple, he will kind of be doing what God wants, as in face death in Jerusalem, but he will be doing it in his own easier and quicker way. This is the temptation to say Jesus is your king, but then to pursue life in whatever way you think best. If Satan can make us think we're doing something good, even while he's drawing us away from how God wants us to do it, 
then that actually is a victory for Satan. He has prevented the king of the kingdom from being fully in charge here on earth. What Jesus fights for in the wilderness is intimate obedience to the Father in every single thing. The key to kingdom expansion is intimate obedience to the Father. And so this chapter shows us that the biggest fight of your life will be whether you can persist in loving obedience to God, even when times are tough. Satan will try to take you anywhere but loving obedience to the Father, because he knows that in loving obedience, God becomes your king. And when God becomes king, Satan's head will be crushed and his reign will be no more. Here's a question for reflection. What would greater loving obedience to the Father look like in your life? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.